0: The true mirror of your destiny is not a physical mirror. It is the word of God. That is who you are. I'm talking about kingdom entertainment. Kingdom entertainment. There is something that has fought the glory of God in this kingdom. And that is kingdom entertainment. I was amazed when I decided to find the meaning of entertainment in the Webster Dictionary. Then I I got shocked to my bones that entertainment is defined from two words. The first word is amusement, happiness, pleasure, entertainment. And the second thing is diversion, diversion from a main focus through amusement so in short entertainment really means that the power to divert people's attention from the main focus through amusement through pleasure through excitement so anything the entertainment industry stands for has one agenda the ability to divert your attention from the main focus or from something. And sometimes they tell us that they are diverting our attention from um, um, our sorrows and our troubles and our that. But it has a deeper meaning to it. That is the essence of entertainment. Whether football, whether basketball, whether music, whether movies, whatever it is, the world defines this as something to divert people's attention and to eat their time without them knowing they have serious issues to handle and sometimes people can watch football for 90 minutes and within the 90 minutes he forgets that he has a family to care of he forgets that he has a struggling business to strategize he forgets that he's a student and must be reading for exams and entertainment says that purpose that for a while let's divert your attention from the main focus and then the Spirit of the Lord began to tell me that the reason why Churches have successfully kept people for five years, for six years. And those people are seeing no transformation in their spiritual growth and their spiritual understanding with God is that we have adapted the concept of the world called entertainment. We know how to brand the church, fix lightnings, fix sound. Do certain things to a point that you come to church and you are too excited that you miss the focus that the teacher, the pastor, the prophet should lead you to a perfect man even unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. And for five years, you have been in a church but you don't even know God. But the church has managed to get you to church all the time. And yet, you don't even know God. You are still a baby in Christ and you can't even see because some somehow, we found a way to entertain you. We found a way to massage your pleasure and the things you like. So we know the rhythm to play to make you happy. That you forget we are not growing you. We have a way for letting you believe that life is all about possessions. Life is all about what you have. Life is all about a job. So you get a testimony of a job and you think that is church. But in reality, you are not growing To the measure of the fullness of Christ. You don't know your Lord. You don't have any fellowship with the Spirit. And you don't mind because we have diverted your attention. And we have adapted such a worldly concept into the church. And we don't even know who our God is. Listen to me. God does not have a sense of humor. God may sound funny, but he's not funny. Look through Genesis to Revelation There was no day God decided to entertain people God is purposeful Even when he sounds funny He's still not funny He speaks to Sarah And Sarah begins to laugh inside Then God asks Sarah Why are you laughing? Sarah said I didn't laugh He said that Is there anything too hard for me? I'm sounding funny But Sarah don't laugh I mean business I mean business I don't joke In Exodus 20 verse 7, he says that do not take the name of the Lord in vain. For he that taketh the name of the Lord in vain shall not be guiltless. In other words, even my name, be cautious in mentioning my name. Listen to me. It's too dangerous that we don't even understand the word we said. Look through the life of Jesus in the gospels. The man was not funny. Everything he did was about to a point he told them, I am a physician. I have come to heal those who are not well. I mean business. What happened to the church? That we joke about everything. We play about everything. In our quest to appear excellent. In our quest to appear perfect. In our quest to be a church that the world likes. We engage all kinds of people. Who don't even understand the depth of who God is. Fair ladies standing outside to usher people inside. And they have no business to be doing the work of God in the church because they don't even know God. These are ladies who leave church and go to sleep with men who have not even engaged them. And yet, because we need a presentation that the world will like, we engage such people. There are ushers who should have no business ushering in church because of the life they live. They have business sitting down to study the word until the word transforms them. But not to lead the flock of God. But we have adapted this system. Anything we have to do to make people follow us, we have to. Whether God loves it or not. Whether it grieves God or not. We have to. And it has brought us very far from the very glory of God. We have trivialized and made a mess Of sacred things in the kingdom Today when you are You are talking about people Falling under the anointing It's like a joke We have almost made a mess of everything Do you know what it means To fall under the anointing Apostle John Saw Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 And he said I fell as dead In his presence The man rose up With a different gift altogether, he began to write the whole book of Revelation. Do you think that you can come into contact with the presence of God, fall under his presence, and be normal? And today we have members who fall for pastors they like and stand for pastors they don't like. What a joke. The day they feel like they fall, the day they don't feel like they don't fall. Sacred things. Daniel saw the Lord. He said, and I fell and slept deep. And suddenly when he woke up, he got understanding to kingdoms. Began to rise even to the seven year tribulation and the antichrist to come. People falling under the anointing, rising up to make transformations in the world. On the road of um, Damascus when Paul met Jesus he said, and when Paul f- stood from the earth, the moment the light shone, he fell under the anointing. And when he stood from the earth, that was how an apostle was born who would affect the world even after 2020 years to come. Do we know the sacristy of what we play with? That we have made entertainment of it. All the man of God needs is for the drama to create some things. And the organist to play some things. And people feel excited in them. And they start to fall. Sacry stuff. The Bible said "And Ananias laid hands on Paul and the skills left him and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. One laying of hands filled with the Holy Ghost. So when Apostle Paul also met his son in 2 Timothy 1, he says that stir up the gift of God that is in you. That which you received when I laid hands on you. Do you know what it means for a hand I'm talking about things that we have made a joke of in the body of Christ that people don't value anymore. That is why, listen, he didn't tell Timothy that come for a second laying of hands. He says, tear up the gift you received when I laid down. All you need is one laying of hands. And understanding that you received a gift when that hand was laid. Then he said, you did not receive the spirit of fear. That means that the Holy Spirit came when I laid hands on you. Do you know what it means for a hand to be laid on a man? It is an exchange of spirits. He told Timothy that be not in haste to lay hands lest you share people's sins with them. That means that when a hand is laid, it's either something transfers from the head that has been laid on or the hand that is laying on. There should be an exchange. There was a sorcerer in the book of Acts 8 who followed the the apostle, Philip. And he was doing all kinds of miracles, but the sorcerer was not moved. Until Peter came, and the Bible said, Peter began to lay hands on the people, and the people received the Holy Ghost. And the sorcerer said, take money and give me this gift so that I can also lay hands on people for them to receive the Holy Ghost said your money perished with you. do you know what it means for hand laying to be done I'm just leading you to a place for you to understand that how we have missed things that should have ushered us into deep glories because of lack of understanding and our pursuit for just excitement all we need is to feel good that we came to service that was how service was powerful Anytime you meet somebody saying service was powerful, that means that that service, he felt good. But there is something more than feeling good. Enough with music just to entertain. Today, all the church needs is somebody with a good voice. No matter how the person is, we employ the person onto the pulpit. Then we start engaging that voice because that person has a good voice. When the Bible gives us understanding of the consecrated men and priests, When David was describing when he had to bring the ark back to his house and he chose 10 consecrated men, the sons of Asaph, consecrated, pure, anointed and their job is to sing to the Lord. Today what do we have? David could play the strings and demons leave because he was playing with the depth of understanding not just to excite a man. Anything goes so long as service will be good. Anything goes so long as the people will be happy. So we will neglect anointed people. People who have consecrated themselves and choose people with branding no matter who they are. And choose people with just skill and no fellowship with God because we want an excellent work. May the spirit of entertainment be broken. I'm talking about a church that will rise and say show me who God is. I will only come to church When I can be taught until I grow into the measure of Christ. And the church will sit back and begin to engage people who have the knowledge and understanding to who God is. Listen to me. It's better for God to be pleased than for men to be excited. It's time we choose what is right to represent the church as it were. What I see in today's church is the scenario of Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. Somebody says Samuel ministered unto the Lord. That means the boy was actually into ministry. He was working. He was serving. He was a true church worker. Ministering unto the Lord before Eli but let's see verse 7 the boy now goes into the tests of his walk with God and amazingly he fails the Bible said and God began to call him one midnight and God will call Samuel and Samuel will run to Eli God will call Samuel and Samuel will run to Eli I'm not really getting what is happening Eli you, you are the one Eli said I'm not the one Samuel said you are the one you have been calling me. Eli said, no. Then Eli perceived that he has been working with a boy who doesn't even know the God is ministering to Then Eli gives him the key. That the one you have been ministering to that you don't even know, is the one calling you. And look at the verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. But verse 1 says the boy was ministering unto God. So under what revelation was the boy ministry? That is today's generation, sir. You enter a whole church and only the pastor really have fellowship with God. From working body to everyone there is just ministering to God before the pastor. And when the test came that God wanted to have real fellowship with the boy, the boy found himself wanting because he doesn't even know who he was ministering to. Ah, may the eyes of our understanding be opened. I said, may the eyes of our understanding be opened. May our fellowship with God be established. Am I here with the church at all? This has been. You know why? Because the orphanage and the phinehas, that must be standing in as mature to work the works of God with understanding. We're now. So Eli had no option than to adopt a small boy. And that small boy was ministering without understanding. That's what is happening. We find ourselves in church where people retire before their time. Hophni and Phinehas has retired. They have started messing up. We know how the ordinances of God works. But I think we can leave it to small boys to do it. And that small boy trying to work still didn't know God. And today we have very anointed people who have retired from certain places because all they want is to be preaching from the altar. Meanwhile, they could have been taking the, the lead singing so that God can move because of the fellowship they have with God. They could have been playing their instruments because of the fellowship they have with God. God would have moved in a special way. But they have retired to give it to a little boy called Samuel who doesn't even know God. But I pray that a new move will happen in the church Where we will rise up and begin to take places where we have to take Second 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? I charged him. That means that Timothy, what you are doing as a teacher and as a preacher of the church of Ephesus, I want to know that you have God to judge you one day. Sometimes we misbehave in the body of Christ because we forget of the truth that God will judge us one day. And Apostle James tells us that the judgment of teachers will be greater than every other person. And Apostle Paul wants to encourage Timothy that, listen to me, son, one day God is going to judge every teacher of the kingdom. And I'm charging you before that God so that on that judgment day, that God would not say, I didn't direct you as a father. Then he begins to teach Timothy what Timothy must do as a teacher and as the pastor of the Ephesian church. Verse 2. He said, herald and preach the word keep your sense of urgency stand by be at the hand and ready whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, he says that be instant, have a sense of urgency in other words, let everybody know that there is something at stake have a sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand, be ready, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or not in other words whether people want to hear what you have to teach or not, he says, I'll be ready for it. And he said, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is, it is um, welcoming or unwelcoming, that means that if people clap or not, stand with what you must teach. You, you as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Look at what Paul is teaching in Saint Timothy he said whether they welcome you or not whether the, the opportunity is favorable or not whether it is convenient or not you are to show people in what way they are wrong in life through your teaching and convince them rebuking and correcting warning and urging and encouraging them being unflagging and inexhaustible impatience and teaching keep teaching Rebuke, warn, encourage And he said What I like is that Point them in the way that they are wrong In your teaching He said that anytime you are doing this Remember that you will stand before a judge one day And he will judge you You are going to teach a people Who wants you to confirm what they want to hear Who want to feel good about what you are saying the highest pinnacle of entertainment is not in our music it's not in our lightning it's not in the way we brand the church it's in our teaching the pastor wants to do everything possible for people to stand up and clap for people to shout and say that is good this was a good message have you not realized that if it has to do with rebuke everybody is quiet have you not realized that if it has to do with pointing to the way that people are wrong they are quiet but if it has to do with three days time you will be that. Four days' time, you will be that. You see, people shouting, May that yoke be broken. And Paul tells him that this is your major problem that you are going to face. Some people will welcome this message, some people will not welcome. But be instant, whether it's out of season or in season. And then the verse he said, For the time is coming when people will not tolerate and your sound and wholesome instruction. But having ears eating For something pleasing and gratifying They will gather to themselves One teacher after another To a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking Now God will not choose teachers anymore People are going to choose teachers for themselves This is the biggest error In our time Look through scriptures. I will give you pastors after my own heart. I'll give you shepherds after my own heart. The Bible said to some he gave apostles, to some he gave pastors, to some he gave teachers. He said that whether Apollos or Paul, we are not, but we are only the means where you believed. And, and, and to us, God has given you everything. The Bible says is that teachers and pastors must be given to the people. But Apostle Paul is saying that the time is coming, the people will choose their own teachers. And they will choose their teachers because they have 18 years. And they will heap these teachers onto themselves so that those teachers will tell them what they like and will foster their errors in life. And that is the highest form of entertainment today. I don't like my pastor. I like this one. Anytime this one preaches, I feel encouraged. I feel good. I, I come to realize that no matter my mistakes, things are fine. No matter my sin, God is still with me. No matter my weaknesses, God is still with me. Apostle Paul says that they will heap unto themselves teachers who will confirm and gratify what they like and will foster their errors. Ah, may God help us in this generation. And Apostle Paul is telling them that the efficient church, Timothy, the efficient church has this problem that you will have to face and he said that time will soon come let's read Acts chapter 20 verse 20 when Apostle Paul was departing from the Ephesians take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood he said take heed over this flock which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. And what you must do is to feed them. Please, Grace Mountain, I want to tell you. My job, the job of the pastors in this church is to feed you with knowledge, feed you with understanding, feed you with the Word of God until you are stable in Christ and you are growing into the fullness of His measure. Every other thing is secondary, sir. And Paul is saying that, taking it to feed the people. For I know this, that after my departure, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Then he begins to describe who the wolves are. Also of your own selves, shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them so this is this is who the wolves are they are going to speak things teaching teach people who have 18 years until these people run after them these people one sign is that they'll make disciples of themselves this is my Jesus this is my Lord this, this pastor, so-so and so, is my dad. Hey, Pastor Elvis here. Hey, Pastor Elvis here. He said that these woes will come. And the agenda is to speak words until they make disciples to follow them. I'm telling you something. I'm not afraid because the whole church must stand in truth. It doesn't matter whether after this message you will not see me as anything again. I don't care. But that's the truth. I am not to make disciples of myself I am to make disciples of Christ that's how it is that's how it is that's how it is I may change it but it will not benefit you and he's saying that as good frogs, you should feed the people until they become disciples of Christ because these wolves are coming and one sign of the wolves is that they will teach to a point that people begin to follow them and see them as their law. then go ahead to the verse 31 Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Then Paul is coming to give them a recommendation. Now, and now brethren, I recommend you to God. Somebody say, I recommend you to God. I recommend you to God because of the woes that are coming. This is the solution. I recommend you to God. To the word of his grace and when you look into the Greek meaning of this particular contest, the recommend it means that to put something side by side and place it in front of someone so I put God and his word side by side and I place it before you that become disciples of God and his word of grace this is it and he said which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified it doesn't matter who you are following as a person if the person doesn't point you to god and to the word of his grace there is something that will never happen to you that is the building up of your spirit and then you receiving the inheritance of the saints This is why I told you from beginning that some people have been in several churches and what we are doing is that we are entertaining you to keep you. But the day that you break hold of this entertainment and you begin to see the the purpose of God for why you should be part of the church, you realize that you have been wasting your time for many years. That the purpose is that you grow into the image of Christ. That is the purpose. That you grow. Then he said that when people begin to focus on god and the word of his grace one thing that happens they begin to build up they begin to build up and the next thing is that the inheritance of the sins becomes their portion healing power favor blessings glory kindness love it becomes their portion i pray that from today as you look at the main focus which is christ jesus May you have a share in the inheritance of the saints In the name of the Lord Jesus That you focus on it Listen This is why we must understand this To have a path Among the saints in the inheritance of God Does not come By a man promising you That God will do something Let me tell you this sincere truth From the depth of my heart No man can force the hand of God to do anything for another man. It doesn't work. It has never worked. Even his own son came on earth and could not force the hand of God to do anything. He said, as I see my father do, I do also. That means that there is nothing I have done that it is not the father who has done it. Kalabasanda. Listen listen to me and listen to me well. The son of God comes in and he said The father loves me In John chapter 5 The father loves me And he shows me Everything that whatsoever he doeth, And whatsoever I see my father do I do also No wonder he spent 33 years on earth And he entered the beautiful gate several times But never healed the crippled man on the beautiful gate Because he never saw his father do it if he tries it, he will fail. That means that Jesus at no point ever did something that the father has not originally purposed to do. And today, if a man keeps telling you that I can make God do, I can make God do this for you, what a beautiful lie. What a man can do is to teach you until you are aligned with the purposes and the will of God that God will have no option than to do whatever he has planned for you. No wonder Jesus said Anytime you pray, pray That your will be done on earth As it is in heaven Nothing must happen on earth If it has never happened in heaven No man can force the hand of God That is why people are turning into atheism Because they have stayed in church And they have been promised That this will happen for you God will do this for you And they have never been taught To have fellowship with God Until they have been aligned For God to do whatever he wants to do Amen. Hey, may the spirit of the teaching of the truth invade the body of Christ one more time. Am I talking to a church at all? In Isaiah chapter 15 verse 4, he said that he given me the tongue of a linen and morning by morning he wakened me up and he opened up my ears and he speaked unto me and he was talking about Jesus so every time jesus will rise up and go out there there is a voice that has spoken to him he has seen something early in the morning and the bible said early in the morning jesus will rise and pray he has seen something he has heard something and even the parables he was preaching it was isaiah that prophesied that early in the morning god puts it into him so he did not even come to preach what he wanted he came to preach what the father wanted him to do why is it important that people will be taught regardless of all kinds of excitement and entertainment everywhere no man can own up to the power of God sometimes I pity my sons and daughters whom I really desire that God will lift them but yet I see them kick like football everywhere that is preached every Sunday Do their own thing Yet confessing that because my father Pastor Elvis is anointed I come to Grace Mountain The altar of Grace Mountain will speak for me The altar of Grace Mountain knows God More than you Whatever spirit that rests here Is the spirit of God And the Bible says that he will not do anything That he has not heard from the father Life could have been easy If people know how to fix themselves into the will of God and into his alignment this is why I cry out every time that church we can be very blessed if we know who God is that God will never do anything outside his will so until a man knows the will of God such a man will be disappointed working with God that is why time you come to church and you are here please you must go back with something About who your God is. We serve a very deep God. Who will never compromise on his principles. For anything. On the other day Jesus said something very funny. But it's not funny. He said that there were many lepers in Israel. But God chose to heal only Naaman. And what can you do about it? Nothing. Elisha could not do anything about it. God decided to heal only Naaman. That's it. On the other day Jesus said, the poor will forever be with you. That means that there are some anointed people, people who call on the name of the Lord, but still be poor. And who can question God? So the best anyone can do to you and for you is not to leave God just like that to do what he wants to do. But for people to teach you the ways and the principles and the will of God, Until you begin to align yourself to it. And as you align yourself to it, then the manifested promises of God or the promises of God that he has attached to that will and that principles begin to show up in your life. It is high time Christians rise up and tell their pastors, teach me the word. I want to know my God. Do I have a church here? They that know their God shall be strong. Shadu explodes. Teach me. One of the interesting scenarios in the Bible is Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. A very interesting subject. Let me take my time here. Exodus chapter 24, verse number 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abiru, and 70 of the elders of Israel. You know, the people of Israel were numbering up to millions. Then God wanted to have fellowship with a few of them and then god chose 70 people together with about four so they were like 74 and he took them away from the multitude and asked them to come to the mountain sinai and leave the rest at the bottom of the mountain listen to me and listen to me well god has never dealt with a whole group in the same measure before god will always select some people it has never happened He is not partial, but he always have deeper intimacy with some than others. So he chooses the 70-something. And he said, climb up, I want to really discuss some few things with you. So God's intention was not to only speak to Moses. His intention was to speak to all the elders and to teach all the elders his principles and his laws that he wants to give to the children of Israel. So he picks them up to the mountain. And then the Bible said when they got to the top of the mountain, which they thought that was was the top, topmost level. God will never show you what is ahead. So you may be tempted to think you have arrived. So the moment the 74 got there, they thought they've reached to the uh, top of the mountain. And the Bible says in the verse number 10, let, let me read it, verse number 10. And they saw the God of Israel. This God that Moses has been preaching about. This God that Abraham saw. This God that Jacob saw. This God that interacted with Isaac. Now the 70 people are seeing this God. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a surface stone. And as it were, the body of heaven in its clearness. So this was not just a dream. This was a physical thing. They were seeing God. They were seeing his feet, seeing his whole body. Awesome! what a privilege. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God and did eat and drink. This is a God nobody sees in his glory. The Bible says anyone that sees his glory should die. Even their father Abraham saw him as a human figure. Jacob saw him as a human figure. But these 74 people saw him in his glory. They saw him as a heavenly body. They saw his feet like brass. This is my glory. And then when he thought they could have hosted his presence so beautifully. When he thought they could have forgotten about everything and focused on him. The bible says that they saw god and did eat and drink you see god standing with you wishing to communicate with you and bread is at one left drink is at one right you are comfortably eating in the presence of god and the bible said god did not lay hands on them in other words they deserve to die but god decided not to kill them pleasure this is the reason why many people have shouted to God but have never seen his glory all their years this is the reason why people got so close to receiving a dimension of God's power but it never came these people got so close but for pleasure's sake how can you be seeing God and you are still wishing to eat and the bible said upon all their mistakes God did not kill them but God did something you see God can be very tolerant but he is not careless enough to entrust valuable things into the hands of unworthy people. God is never that careless. Keep being careless. Just, just keep being, being whoever you are. Keep drinking. Keep fornicating. And keep, continue to defend it with the message of grace. Keep doing all kinds of things. Keep stealing, keep doing everything you want and keep defending it. There is a God you are serving. He is very tolerant, but he is not careless to deal with unworthy people. That is why Paul says that live wedly according to the vocation that the Lord has given you. Live worthy of it. And the Bible says God did something. Very simple. He now chose somebody out of them. And the Lord said unto Moses Come up to me Unto the mountain and be there I will give thee Tables of stone And a law and commandments Which I have written That thou mayest teach them These people are not Worthy to do businesses With me now let me choose Only Moses and tell Moses what I want the people To know and then Moses will come And teach them this was an opportunity for 70 something people to be teachers of Israel but they missed it because of pleasure let's fast I can't fast let's be consecrated in a season like this I can't be consecrated it is in such seasons that God separates boys from men this was a time when the food was served and the one person who didn't touch food and touch drink was Moses. God said, Moses, come. Come. It is in this place where frontliners and setters and leaders and teachers are born. People who are masters of the kingdom are born. Anytime you see anyone with the carrier of unusual anointing, there is something the person has pursued and there is something the person has overcome. That is pleasure. He said, leave them. Come to the mountain and be there. Isolation. Just be there. Without anybody, just be there. People who really have businesses with me are people who have their power to separate from things. When God wanted to do great things with David, he separated David from his family. When God wanted to do great things with Joseph, he separated him. When God wanted to do great things with Paul, he separated him. There are things that does not happen with people who join the majority. To mess up, he separated Moses. And he said, I want to give you the loss. I wanted to deal with national issues with the 70, but they are not worthy. I want to give you the loss. May God help us. Teachers don't just come. Healers don't just appear. Kingdom wealthy men and women, they don't just appear. They are people who can be isolated from the masses. In that place of isolation, listen to me when God is dealing with people and He has to separate them, sometimes we don't get it. But do you think Moses didn't want to be part of the eating? Do you think Moses didn't want to be part of the drinking? When God separated him from them, he spent 40 days, 40 nights without food and water. That means what God was not comfortable with was the fact that he standing there and the people were eating. So he separated somebody who could survive 40 days, 40 nights without food. I'm talking about people that God really, God really, God really is looking into 20 years, 30 years, 40 years into this generation and he's looking for someone Just one person who can avail himself and say that in the dispensation of social media, in the dispensation of Netflix, in the dispensation of all articles and novels and books and all kinds of things, in this dispensation, I choose to be in his presence. Come up and be there. In a dispensation where everybody will want to date a girl or one or two, in a dispensation where everybody wants to feel good with hip-hop and hip-life on their, on their mobile phones and with pornography and the rest, and, and you decide to separate yourself and be there. Just be there. It is a season of pain and sorrow. I'm sure within the 40 days, God didn't just appear. Moses was there 10 days, God had not appeared again. And Moses will be asking himself, what am I doing here? then God appears and begins to release things into the hands of Moses. Things into the hands of Moses. That will change Moses and the nation's life forever. There are many of us crying out. Many of us praying, God, when will you use me? God, when will you When will you bless my family? God, when will you use me like David? When will you lift me up like Joseph? The mystery is simple. Can you separate from pleasure? Can you withdraw from this age of entertainment and stand in the presence of God day and night? Can you sacrifice telenovelas to read the Bible continuously for one hour? Can you stay in His presence in prayer for two hours, three hours? Can you put off your phone for meditation's sake? Can you? The top of the mountain is for men who can master the realm of isolation. Who sees entertainment but does not love entertainment? Yes, who have pleasure to want to have sex in their age but have to sacrifice that pleasure. People who have pleasure To want to have peer groups and the time to come to church. Do you know that there are some people here right now who should be in church? But right now they are in their bed hussaping. And they will leave there, go for prophetic services and think that that is how God works. The fact that they were called and said, we see that in your whole family you will be the greatest. What a deception. Didn't you see that your father received that same prophecy but ended poor? go into the archives of your mother and you'll see that in her diary she has about 10 prophecies and she's almost 75 and none has come to pass it's not that the prophets were wrong but there was no teacher to teach them to align to the principles of God and you are also repeating the same error you are also repeating the same error choosing entertainment over God choosing pleasure over God choosing sleep over prayer choosing novels over Bible and spiritual books you are repeating the same error food and drink and sex and um, dating and all kinds of things and you are following the same error can't you see that your destiny is at stake can't you see that your fellowship and your growth and your business with God is at stake And one of the biggest errors, let me end here. One of the biggest errors that Moses committed in that time was the moment God called Moses. He chose his son Joshua to follow him. And that was a good decision. Every genuine man of God who is walking in the light of God will always push his sons to follow him. And his daughters to follow him. Sometimes when I'm pushing people, they don't get it. When I'm pushing them through hours of prayer, they don't get it. When I'm pushing them through discipline, they don't get it. But there should be a generation like Joshua who saw the food and the parties of the 70 but decided to follow Moses. Then the Bible says So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said unto the elders, Wait here for us. Until we come back to you Indeed, Aaron and Ha are with you If any man has any difficulty Let him go to them That was the error If anyone has difficulty Let him go to Aaron or Ha This man is a weak leader The mistakes we are committing in church today Giving positions to wrong people Making people trust weak links He said when you have any difficulty Let them go go to Aaron and then after some few days the difficulty arrived. and when you read Exodus chapter 32 the Bible said and the people gathered unto Aaron and said make us a God this is a generation that chooses leaders without the conscience of God God never told Moses that let the people trust Aaron he just said come leave them alone But Moses calls all of them and says, in my absence, Aaron is in place. But what he didn't know that Aaron was as weak as the devil himself. Then when the people got worried, they gathered around Aaron. When the pressure started mounting up, make us a God. And Aaron didn't hesitate. No wonder there are still leaders in churches that members will come and instead of them to encourage them and build them up they support members to commit errors and then they come in and Aaron said give me your earrings even to the the earrings of your sons bring them and the Bible said he made a cow for them and he declared in their presence that all ye Israel this is the God that delivered you from Egypt what a weak leader entertaining people as they wish. Satisfying the the desires and the pleasures of the people. We just want a God and then suddenly he rises up. I will make you one. Hey, may God raise mighty leaders and giants. People who look into the eyes of people and say that you want me to teach this but I'll never teach you. You want me to confirm this weakness but I'll never confirm it. Everyone said, oh, okay, if this is what you want, I'll do it for you. He builds a cow for them and the Bible said the next thing is that he declared a feast for them this is how they should have known Satan has invaded the Bible said the people drank ate and played they played old men and women playing young men and women playing the, the Bible said and they played this is the sign of the spirit and the gate of hell and Moses steps in comes back from the mountain out of anger stands in the gate and says who is for the Lord? now the real leader has come in again who is of God? that was what Aaron should have done that I will not follow the desires of your pleasures I will not follow I know one God and everyone must honor that God I pray that the time is coming that the body of Christ will receive leaders who will stand strong and not to entertain the people And you know what? Sometimes I realize that at that point, Aaron was at the mercy of the people. So I I understand him. He stood in a place where he knew he had no fellowship with God. He knew he was not like Moses. So at that point, if the people decide to kill me, they've killed me in vain. So let me do what they want for them. And many of us at at this point in our lives are at the mercy of, of some people. The reason why many pastors can't stand for the truth and preach the truth is that they are the mercy of some of the members. They are the mercy of a certain little girl they slept with. They are the mercy of somebody they went to with someone with. They are the mercy of an associate pastor they arrange prophecies with. They are the mercy of people that, that they do bad and shady things with. So at the most difficult times, you are not able to stand for the truth. But the man came who, who was at the mercy of no one. And said, who is on the Lord's side? Moses came and he showed the leader who knew of himself. No, I must stand for God. I must stand for him. I must stand for his will. And that is what changed the whole face and the anger of God he made a declaration and the people came out some said we were for the God and those who were not for God the Bible said he ordered those who were for God to finish them and that was how the anger of God was turned around but there was a leader who had to do what they wanted because somewhere somehow his inspiration was from them somewhere somehow his survival was from them. Somewhere, somehow, without them, he was nothing. But I pray that a time is coming that whoever is standing in the place of God, God will not leave you at the mercy of men. That you may stand in truth and stand in his word. And you may stand in power. I decree and declare that the time is arising and the time is now. That men of God shall stand like Samuel and say that. As long as I became your judge, did I fraud anyone? So so everyone said, you didn't fraud us. I'm talking about the people and the men of God and a generation that will stand and be bold with the people. And said the reason why I will not agree on this is because I'm not at the mercy of anyone. May we be bold as Abraham. Who will look into the king of Sodom and say, I will not take even the lace of a shoe from you. He has won the battle of four kings. That was not a joke. The treasures of four different nations were in the hands of Abraham. Then he brings it to the king of Sodom. And the king of Sodom tells him, give me the people and take the treasures. That was the day Abraham could have been the richest man on earth. He was holding the treasures of not just four kings, four nations. Every pastor would have jumped to it. Every leader would have, would have praised God that today is my breakthrough. But Abraham understood that if I take this thing from today, the king of Sodom will use me as a proverb. My God will be defamed by this. Then in that valley, he sees two kings. One king says, take the treasures and give me the people. When I saw that, I knew that God blessed Africa with such kings. Kings that will value the lives of the people above the treasures. An African leader will say, give me the treasures and leave the people. He said, give me the people and take the treasures. I pray that our pastors and our generation and our leaders will value people beyond the money in their pocket. I respect the king of Sodom so much though his city was was, uh, full of entertainment and full of sin and all that. But that act of valuing his people over wealth. He was ready to let his people lose all their wealth so that he can keep them. And Abraham said, no. A king of Salem, which is God, has come. Let me give God his tithe. And he takes tithe of four nations. I don't know how the king of Salem Melchizedek carried the staff there away. But he gave tithe of all nation's treasures to Melchizedek. And then he comes back with nothing. And the next chapter Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 the Bible said after these things after what things? When a man stood and chose God above the treasures of men. After these things. When a man stood And believed in the wealth of God than the wealth of a sinful nation after these things, The Bible said the Lord appeared to him and said, Abraham, fear not. Number one, I am your shield. I know you have fought nations and you fear that they will come after you because you fought them with just 318 people. I know they will come after you, but I beg you, don't fear. I am your shield. And I am your great reward. In other words, from today, I am your currency everything you lost and decided not to take it. Today, I give myself to you as your currency. I am your reward. That was how Abraham's prosperity began. I came to announce to somebody for the sake of truthfulness, for the sake of standing strong, for the sake of fighting entertainment and that which has no value to people's lives. Please, do everything possible not to stand and be at the mercy of men. Because they will let you change your message when you don't want to. They will make you take steps that God has never stepped for the fear of men. I cry out for departmental health today. Under no circumstance must you fall at the mercy of people in the department. That they may listen to me, head of department, listen to me. Under no circumstance, stand strong, stand right. Let the right thing be done. Better fear God than to fear a man. It's better for them to live with their indiscipline than to stay with their disorder so that the the power of God will rather depart. I'm talking about the place of people standing to fight entertainment and things that has no value. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, give me the grace to play a part in this. Give me the grace to play a part in this. Give me the grace to play a part in this. Give me the grace. Whichever department I am, whichever workplace I am in my family, give me the grace to play a part. Is that all you can do? Lift up your voice wherever you are falling short to make things look like God doesn't exist I look at a generation like this and I cry the people we look up to and want to be like them in their age, there was no social media. So they rose up early in the morning, King God. But today, what do we have? Thank you for watching. To have access to this message and many others, subscribe to our YouTube page and get unlimited access to messages. Hallelujah, beloved. God bless you for watching this episode. I believe that God has tremendously blessed your life with this wealth of eternal life. But before I leave you, there is an important thing that I need to do with you. I believe that God has blessed you. You have so much. But there is something that regardless of what you have, if your life is lacking it, you are going nowhere. And that thing is the salvation through Christ Jesus. I believe that the people of old, Abraham, Moses, um, Isaac, Noah, they saw so much glory in their lives. But there was one thing that made them incomplete because they couldn't be saved from their sins. And therefore, God, loving the whole world, brought his only begotten son that his son would die on the cross and anyone that believed that he died and rose up shall be saved the Bible says the righteousness of God that is without the law for the law and the prophets only witnessed of this righteousness the true righteousness is not in the law, it's in one man, the Bible says that even the righteousness which is by faith in Jesus that has come unto all and upon all, this is a righteousness that doesn't check your background, it just check your color it doesn't check your language if only you can believe in this one man Jesus You will be justified and you will be sanctified unto the Lord. And I came to introduce this one man to you. That there is one thing you cannot do for yourself. That is to pay for your sins. Someone else has paid it on the cross. He died on the cross and resurrected unto our justification. And today I want to introduce you to him. If you may, and you are thinking of your eternal life right now. You want to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you resurrected for my justification thank you for doing that for me I know that all my sins were put on you on the cross. And I believe it and believe it with all my heart. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you have taken my sins right now. That I confess you that you are my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you for taking away my sins. And I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I am blessed and I'm highly favored. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. God bless you for making this confession. But beloved, it's important to know That you must be a part of a church for your proper development in Christ Jesus and for discipleship and therefore I extend a hand of invitation to you to this wonderful family of Christ called Grace Mountain Ministry for counseling for prayer for the study of the Word of God I believe that every Christian must grow into the measure of the fullness of Christ and that is why there is a need to be part Of these wonderful services we have every weekend. Fridays and Sundays. And please check the details. Call us and wish to be part of it. Come and be blessed. End of every month also we have seven days of consecration before the Lord in fasting and in prayer. And that one also wherever you are I invite you to come. The Lord is blessing lives. The Lord is turning lives around. The Lord is transforming people in discipleship and you want to be here. You need to know the Lord. You need to grow in Him. Come and let's have fellowship together and the Lord will richly bless you and bless your family. God bless you. I will see you next Sunday. I'm expecting to see you and I'll welcome you and personally talk with you. God richly bless you. Take care of yourself till we meet again on this broadcast. Bye-bye.